Ozzy Dean on the line here on WSCR with Bob Brunley, Mike North, Fred Humner, Annie Mann. How you doing, Ozzy? Oh, shut the fuck up. And ball hit high and deep. Way back. Way back. And he's not quite out of here. Dad, get it. The mire to mediocrity. Tell me about when you were being interviewed for the potential White Sox manager's job. I was drunk. you got to be bleeping. We know the White Sox already have a solid base. They're probably going to be picked as the front runners to win the AL Central, which is going to make this podcast a hell of a lot more interesting mm. in 2022. But uh, one Carlos Rodon uh, was not offered um, his qualifying offer of $18.4 million. Um, I think there's two sides. There's multiple layers to this as to why that didn't happen. Of course, there was an uproar of all the novices on Twitter, and I will continue to call you novices (laughs) because you seem to be more ignorant of how baseball works by every passing second of the the, uh, offseason. But... um, you know, oh, they should have made a qualifying offer so they get they could get something for them. Mm. Well, here's the problem. If you make the qualifying offer and he doesn't get anything better, which word on the street is Boris is looking for a multi-year deal and teams are a little hesitant on giving him a multi-year deal because of how his season ended. With good reason. Well, with how his career has gone. He's well, never... yeah. well, you've got... He's Let's not see. a healthy there's guy. More, there's more negative than there is positive. Yeah. You have four months. Well, all right. He's had some high. He's he has half seasons of positive. Exactly. Of positive play. That does not get you a multi-year contract. Sox did not want to tie up $18.4 million in case that ended up being like, I am going to take the qualifying offer. I'm not getting anything better. Um, Carlos Rodon did come out and say he would have denied it anyway. Okay, yeah. cool. Fine. So there, there was, there was, there was too much risk involved from the White Sox point of view to make him a qualifying offer and, and have it backfire and have him take it. Cause they, they, you need him for the playoffs and you don't know what you're going to get. Right. So uh, that's that's that was uh, the number one like big hubbub over over the off season. It uh, also so so they could have they didn't have to just give him a one year eighteen million dollar qualifying. They could have given him a multi year deal, couldn't they? Uh, if they wanted that, I you know what I can. I'm pretty sure they that. can. So I, I think I think that send I think that sends all the messages you need to know. They they were not willing to sign him to a multi year deal, let alone a one year deal. Right. Um, for that much money. So I think they're kind of just done with with Rodan, you know, just because not because he's a shitty guy or anything. You know, they they were done with him last year. They they put him on waivers and brought yeah. him back. So they just did not want to pay him that much money because you can't rely on him. We, we've seen it over and over again. The the yes. the upside is incredible. But is he going to be on the field is the biggest issue. So exactly it's it's a hard you know it's a harsh business reality of baseball but i think it's it was the right move by rakan for sure then uh as as an as announced by uh someone we'll be talking about a little bit later in this con uh in this uh podcast uh bob had tweeted that the Sox were gonna sign and trade kimbrell they're gonna pick up his option and then trade him away well they definitely picked up his option but uh, one thing that hasn't been considered, as uh, we pointed out on Twitter, uh, as Bob was taking his victory lap, that he got half of it right, was that 
perhaps they sign Kimbrell um, to use him in half a season as a closer and possibly trade him, as Smitty has pointed out, when his market value is extremely high because there's no, there's no, you could sit down Hendricks and say, listen, we are going to utilize you guys as dual closers for half of a season. Or maybe, see what happens. Works, or maybe it works out that that is just, you just have one of the greatest bullpens, the greatest end of the bullpen ever created. Well, this is what we thought when they made the deal for, for, right. for Kimbrel. I mean, because it didn't work out in those two months, why is it, why is there zero potential for it to work out? I think it didn't hey. work out because your fucking manager couldn't get it into his head that maybe you should switch things around. We, I mean, we talked about this over and over again. I mean, you want to talk about a way to keep two great guys fresh? You alternate closing? Yeah. Yeah, you alternate. Like, you don't even use. You, 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 you know, you you have to refill the bullpen, you know, for your setup guys. But you essentially just have two closers out there that going into the going into the half season mark have have only been used half of their capacity. So right. you're you're super fresh down the stretch. Yeah. And flip side is if you need reinforcements you've got Kimbrel as trade bait if yeah. he's doing what he did with the Cubs. Yeah. yeah. So the idea that they Rickon had to sign Craig Kimbrel, they had to sign him because well, it just, if just they didn't, for if what they, they gave up. Yeah. Cause you would be, you would be giving away your second baseman of the future for nothing. So they have to roll the dice that Kimbrel is going to raise his, raise his trade value or he's going to be a valuable asset to the, to a, a potential championship team going forward. So, right. It's it's just stupid that he had like everyone is saying, and especially Bob Nightingale saying he must be traded this winter. It's just why would you be trading him at the lowest point in his value? Where I mean, he just gets one save in the regular season, and he's already increased his value. <laughs> exactly, and you got to roll that dice. And when you look at the 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 socks within that time frame, right before they. It was right before or right after. I'm sorry, because I've been taking notes the whole time. We haven't done a show. Tough, but then they, out, every they, week. they outrighted three relievers. Mm. So they obviously need people in the bullpen. They outrighted Jimmy Cadero, Evan Marshall, your your buddy Cadero, so you won't be seeing him. Uh, oh, Jesus. Jace Fry, and then they outrighted Brian Goodwin. But wow. Marshall has to have... Tommy John surgery. So the speculation is they will probably sign him to a minor league deal and mm -hmm. let him rehab. So he doesn't take up a spot on the 40 man roster. Sure. So, but you're, you're down three bullpen arms right there. Yeah. So why would you, why would you get rid of Craig Kimbrell right now when you need arms in the bullpen? And I'm not going to, I'm not going to discount the guy on a trade and a, a fit that didn't work out immediately you can come in with a better plan for the full season exactly. and get the quality out of them you need. And again, whether that you use them the whole year and it leads the Sox to a deeper postseason, I could give a shit if we have dual closers. I just want to win. So yep. let's just like think about this like like intelligent human beings on multiple and 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 even even when Han was asked about it, Han said, you know, we we have to think about utilizing Kimbrel correctly or getting a fair trade value out of them. If, mm -hmm. if that's, if that's the case. Now, the only team that's been linked to a pre 
uh, a, a off season deal is apparently the Phillies are just chomping at the bit for uh, for a closer, and they've been linked to Kimbrel, Hater, and um, Kel- uh, and Jensen. Okay, uh, so that could be, and Dembrowski and Kimbrel have a history together, mm-hmm. so that Boston. seems like a possible off season suitor that could bring the proper return but, but if again there are if there's multiple options out there for the phillies why would they back up the truck just for craig kimbrell you no know, right they, true they can yeah. they can just use how shitty he was down the stretch against them <laughs> against the white Sox in their well, and negotiating the, and the Sox, so. yeah the Sox would use in negotiating well you know we fucked up which is not a good tactic but you know okay. <laughs> but look at, his, strong, look at his look at his position a, look at his numbers as a closer yeah. And he did actually close two games flawlessly for us, so they can use that too. I'm not um, saying, again. I, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not saying it cannot happen this winter. I just it, the logic makes no sense to me. So, and that that seems to be the prevailing logic that he has to be traded this winter. It's just it's yeah. If if there's a if there is a scenario or a, a dumb a dumb GM on the other side that gives up a ton for Kimbrel, you know, that doesn't use use the leverage they should have, then great. You know, great for the White Sox, but that. I don't think the the other sides of any of these trades are are those organizations are not necessarily run by idiots. No, unless true. they're the Mets, I guess. But well, yeah, that's a whole true. other story. And uh, one last one last parting ways I wanted to cover, which is actually uh, kind of fitting. Um, you know, the White Sox had a lot of weird injuries this year with. Mm. Uh, Mainly with pieces, body parts ripping away from uh, bones. Uh, bones, and I think sort of due to that, their strength and conditioning coach, who's been part of the organization since 1998, Ellen Thomas, former uh, White Sox player, uh, not very good one, uh, and uh, has been let go. Uh, he gone. So he gone. So Sox are turning the page and looking to keep the team healthy and on the field. Um, wow. Another in other news, uh, you brought up Marcus Simeon, and he has been linked to the White Sox also as a as a reunion mm-hmm. in a in a five year deal. Uh, the thing we have talked about is he would prefer to play shortstop over second base. Is is word on the street? So that may. That could be a sticking point. Uh, much like the Tigers, the White Sox have financial flexibility too that sure. wouldn't prohibit them from signing anyone big. Wouldn't even prohibit them from signing uh, Carlos Correa if, if, if Tim Anderson were to move over to second. But um, Just the history suggests that the, the White Sox are not willing to spend that kind of money, I guess. Is well, the, the, history, the history would say they haven't landed that guy, but recent history would say they've made the decent enough offers to some of those pitchers, but they chose uh, to go elsewhere. So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I, 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 would, I would like it. I think that uh, fills a much-needed void after the aforementioned Kimbrel trade. <laughs> um, another interesting uh, scenario has surfaced. Another, in fact, both of these guys were traded to the Oakland A's by the White Sox. Another possible reunion is rumors are circulating the Sox are going to trade for Chris Bassett, the the very player's face they smashed in, uh, Brian Goodwin. That's why they probably got rid of Goodman. They they didn't want to 
reunite those two, but the <laughs> yeah. Sox are rumored to be working on a trade for uh, Chris Bassett. So we'll see. That's interesting because what you happens and I there. speculated on that that exact scenario in episode 87, our last we episode. Did. So we did. You got to come to the Major League A-holes to, to know what's going on in baseball, kids. We know, I mean, we know what's happening before it happens. The, the question is, are the Sox, the Sox obviously have to give up uh, a, a decent uh, enough uh, probably close to, you think close to major league ready for Oakland or you think they're looking a little deeper cause they're in a cell mode right now? Well, I mean the, the A's kind of cut out their own leverage when, you know, they're basically sold their, sold their manager for nothing. Salaries. It's obvious yeah. they're in salary cutting mode. So they have no very little leverage. Um, I think usually though, um, Billy Bean tends to come out ahead on these kind of deals where he gets rid of gets rid of his players that are about to become expensive and loads up on uh, cheap prospects that usually yeah. pan out for them. So uh, it, it's going to cost. Uh, it might not cost, you know, the, the way a, a big a big name trade might. But I, w- I would always be nervous trading with uh, Billy Bean if he's on the other side of the table. True, true, true. Um even the, there anymore? The, did he? I don't uh, well, even he's know. he's not the GM. I mean, but yeah, he's like a he's way up. He's got stocks in the cut. He's a shareholder. He's he's involved. He, we got to look deeper into this. He's involved with Fenway. He, like, there's a, a yeah. He's in with the soccer, the soccer group, right? Yeah, but the, yeah, it's part of part of the Red Sox, kind of part of Liverpool FC. Um, yeah, maybe I should look deeper into that before I just start recklessly speculating about Billy Bean and his negotiating tactics. Yeah, I guess the I guess the question is: Are the Sox trying to to get Oakland to uh, in, in part of the prospect deal? Are they also trying to get them to take uh, Dallas Keuchel off their hands? Uh, I, I would imagine the Sox would be paying uh, at least half of that salary to do that. But it's just interesting. Like if they were to trade for Bassett, what? And and already Copic has been announced. That's five starters right there. So yeah. what, where what does happen to Dallas Keuchel at that point? Um, well, I mean, back to Bassett, that would be a fantastic move for you guys. I, think, I mean, we've I've talked yeah. about him all last year about how how he is a dominant young pitcher in the making. One last note is uh, the manager of the year uh, for the AL. Uh, the candidates came out, and it's been decided that Kevin Cash won manager of the year, but. I really feel uh, awards are awards. I mean, whatever. But Larusa not making the list is a crime to me, based on the amount of injuries he had to navigate, and a team that in the preseason had a thirteen percent chance of winning the AL Central, and that was at a hundred percent healthy. Um, that was that was predicted prior to the Eloy Jimenez injury, obviously prior to the uh, the Robert and, and the Madrigal injury. So um, the Houston Astros, Dusty getting the nod, they were the favorites to win that division. They had a 72% chance prediction of winning the division. Scott Service, I don't disagree with getting manager of the year for what he did with the Mariners. They were rated as a 0% chance of winning that division or being in the playoffs. So um, like uh, you're competing for the playoffs. So like, I think manager of the year is, is 
uh, category where someone goes, you know, kind of out of their realm and, and, and is able to navigate a difficult situation. Even Kevin Cash, that's great, but they were supposed to make the playoffs. They weren't supposed to win the division, but they, they, they were supposed to make the playoffs in the preseason prediction. So when, to me, and this is just my opinion, the manager of the year is someone whose force hand is forced into a difficult situation and and is able to navigate it and and still make their t- and help their team win. And I I feel that's a, l- what Larusa did. So that's just my my two cents on that. I don't know if you had anything to add, uh, Leaf Blower Boy. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully that's a little better. They're they're a little bit further away now, but um, I think just the. The, the way LaRusa's season started and that maybe earned or not so earned uh, reputation of fucking up a lot of things uh, just hurt him. That, that perception persisted throughout the season where you and I chronicled there were issues early, but he, he definitely righted the ship. It was not, he was not a, a liability by the end of the season at all, but I think that perception prevailed and that's why he just wasn't included in that conversation. Uh, it's such a, subjective thing manager True. Of the year. yeah so much more all of these all of these are so. yeah but i feel like manager is even more subjective so there's lots of different ways you can look at it you know if a team did way better than they expected that that's a reason to to you know applaud the manager for it they might have done that in spite of the manager you, it's just it's it's so hard to quantify so again these are a lot of this is you know popularity contest too so i don't think Tony LaRusse is necessarily the most popular guy across the league, so that, that could have been a factor too. But True that. I don't but, need to shit on Tony LaRusse any more than I already have or the rest of the world has. So. <laughs> yeah, he, well, he, he's earned a lot of it. Word Hole Media.